The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 20. Thank God for the Old Testament. Thank God for the New Testament. Good to have Delta Junction online with us tonight. God bless you. You bent. Delta Junction is going to go through transition here at the end of the month so you can keep them in prayer. Amen. Going to be moving out of our building that we've been in to um, go to a small group system instead of being, renting a building. It's quite costly to rent a building, and we don't have at this time the congregation to support it. So we're, sometimes you've got to take a couple steps back and regroup to, to shoot ahead. So we're going to do that. It's just... Um, it's in the red, and we've been praying. I felt like the Lord has led us that way. So if you'll keep Delta Junction in prayer, and we'll keep you posted as we move along. But so appreciate the leadership of the boundaries. God bless you guys. What tremendous people. Judges chapter 20. Now, we could read 36 verses here, uh, but I'm not going to read 36 verses, even though statistically most of you have not read anything in Scripture today. Statistically, and that could get a chapter in for you, but uh, let's go ahead and read the word of the Lord. If you can grab a hold of, of, of what I preached tonight, and I'm asking for God's help to be able to uh, give to you that which he's given me. I believe he's given me some keys tonight. And if you can grab a hold of those, if we can grab a hold of those, we're going to move forward in a way that maybe we've never moved forward before. Come on, God, God does still release revelation. It's not outside Scripture. It is in Scripture, and it's, and it's aligned with, of course, Holy Writ and the canon of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. But he does give a spirit of wisdom and revelation. How many of you ever prayed for that? And I believe maybe God has given a little something here tonight. Let's look at Judges chapter 20. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, from the congregation of Gath, together as one man. How did they come out? As one man before the Lord at Mitzvah. And the leaders of all the people and all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers. 400, that's a big army. 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mitzvah, so the then the children of Israel said, tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, my concubine and I went to Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. And the men of Gibeah rose against me, surrounded the house at night because of me, and intended to kill me, but instead they ravaged my concubine, so she died. Everybody say, whoa. This is one of the most gruesome stories in all scripture. Verse 6. 
So I took hold of my concubine. Now this rest is, I don't understand all of this, but I took hold of my concubine and cut her into pieces and sent her throughout the, God, you know the Bible doesn't hold nothing back. Cut her into pieces and sent her throughout the whole territory of the inheritance of Israel because they committed lewdness and an outrage in Israel. Look, all of you are children of Israel. Give your advice and counsel here and now. So all the people rose as one man. That means they're unified, saying, None of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his home. But now this thing, this is the thing which we will do in Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. We will take ten men out of every hundred. And here's what happens so I can save myself some time. They come together and they get the word of the Lord to go up against the, the people of Benjamin. And we'll look at some of the specific verses because there's some points in there that'll help us. And so the Lord says, go ahead and deal with it. Deal with the evil. And so they go out and they get creamed. I mean, they get wiped out. I think it's 26,000 men get wiped out on the first attack. The good guys, the, the good guys, 26,000 get wiped out. They do this three times, each time praying, each time inquiring. And it wasn't until the third time that God gave them victory. I want to talk tonight about why some battles are harder than others. And how to win in the face of heavy, heavy opposition. And then I want to tie it in to a specific point of where we're at in the United States of America. I'm going to jump on a plane tonight on divine assignment. And I need your intercession over us. I am going, I mean, I feel like Nehemiah or something. We've been seeking the Lord and, and praying. Going to jump on a plane and I'm going to the birthplace of our nation, Jamestown and Williamsburg, on an assignment from God. And I will re be right back. I'm just going for three, four days. Pastor Alex will preach in my place. It was a last minute thing directed by God. He supernaturally provided, hooked the whole thing up. And so I'm taking off with my family. Need your coverage over us. Because I believe that something is going to take place. It was a, a, a divine really encounter the way this whole thing has happened. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you're going to do tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you indeed do release a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Lord, we long for that. Lord, we not be so arrogant to say that we have it tonight as to elevate some man or something. You are the one that we elevate tonight. You are the one that we glorify tonight. And so, Lord, we ask that you would come in your power. May we never be the same. Release living understanding, not just teaching, not just head knowledge, not just a lecture, but, Lord, that which is imparted into us, into our hearts, changing us forever. Release your power right now upon us and all those that would hear this message later on through podcast, all those on the web stream, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this guy takes a camping trip. That's <laughs> not really a camping trip, but he's, he's traveling, and he takes a stop in Benjamin, and he stays at a relative's house, basically, and the city, the men of Benjamin surround him, want to kill him, but they take his wife and they ravage her. I won't give you the definitions of that. Okay, I will. They rape her. Children's ministry is upstairs. They rape her and she, they, 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 and she dies. And, and she, she dies. 
He's so outraged that he basically calls all of Israel to deal with the, with the evil. So one tribe, Benjamin, commits this evil, and they see it as evil that's committed for the whole nation. And they realize that they have to deal with it. And so they come together as one man. They're unified. And they come together to deal with the evil. And they attack three times. And they don't, you know, they don't win till the third time. And there, I think there's 40,000 people that get killed. Here's what you need to, the first point. The reason they had to attack, first of all, was that the, Benja the Benjamites, when told to give up the wicked evildoers, would not surrender them. So they would not, get, they would not rat out their brothers. They said, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. You know why that is? is because they valued their relationships with their brothers more than they did the Word of God. Point number one. If you value relationships more than God, you have a very big idol in your life. Don't value relationships more than righteousness. Come on, say, say I won't do it. Say it, I won't do it. Don't, don't do it. What's being said by this is this endorsement. How many of you heard of um, Tiger Wood? Okay, Tiger, I don't know where he's at now, but I know he had a hard time before he had a hard time. I mean, he was endorsed by like everybody, you know, Nike, so on and so forth. When he failed, I think he lost some endorsements. How many of you know what I'm talking about? What, what is the endorsement? Nike said, we're down with Tiger Wood. And then he failed, and I think he lost some endorsements because they don't want to be associated with with the evil or whatever he's done, the lying, so on and so forth. Give me a name of a good basketball player, Pastor Vince. Okay, Magic Johnson, I'm sure, had lots of endorsements. They had shoes named after him, all kinds of stuff, right? He was endorsed by those things. When there is an endorsement from your life, when you say it's okay or you tolerate evil, then what you do is you begin to partner with it. And it, what it does is it makes it stronger. See, well, well, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, it's black, evil, deceitfully wicked, says Jeremiah. So when you begin to partner with evil, then actually what happens is you're endorsing it. You're a part of it. It's like, you know, I do a lot of counseling. If somebody came into my office and said, Pastor, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. Nobody. You can't tell anyone. The very next thing I say is, everything here is in confidence, unless you've done something that makes me a party to a crime, and then I have to tell. So if somebody comes in my office and says, hey, I've got something that's top secret, to, you know, highly classic, classified, you can't tell anybody, I robbed a bank. I go, well, brace yourself. And I'll pick up my phone and I'll call the police and they're going to be arrested. Why? Because I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be a bank robber. Do you understand? L let's bring it home. Let's, let's bring it a little personal now. When, when a woman or a man commits adultery and is continuing in that sin and you're still married to them, and you're just hoping and praying that one day he's going to stop, but he refuses to stop, and you continue to stay married, you have become an adulterer too. Should I pick on the youth a little bit? It's good to have the youth with us. I called you all down here, so if you want to blame somebody, you can blame me. Don't value relationships more than righteousness. Don't do it. Don't be a secret holder of evil. Don't do that. 
Don't do it. Because what happens actually is you're the one that, that partners up and endorses it, then you're actually doing it. You're a party to it. Can somebody say amen? And the tragedy here that we see in Judges 20 is the good, you know, the, the righteous go out to stomp out evil and they don't win. Do you know some people quit because they lost one battle? You know, there is a lot of battles out there and you will fight battles all of your life. He says, is there ever peace? Yes, when he steps out of the eastern sky and, and, and splits the Mount of Olives. You know, when he, when he shows up, when he shows up, there'll be, there'll be peace. But until then, no. I mean, he leads us. He'll give us peace in our spirit. But there's times where we, we war not against flesh and blood. So you need to understand that you're in a battle. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm in a battle. Yeah, you're in a battle. And just because you haven't seen victory just yet, doesn't mean it's over. You might have lost a battle, but the war isn't over. And some people have a, you know, a 25 cent perspective, you know, read some stupid book like the ABCs of spiritual warfare. And if you don't win on the first one, then it might not be the will of God. That's the most foolish thing I've ever heard. The way the Lord has wired me up and maybe he's wired you up the same way. I personally like fighting. Just sort of like it. You know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Come on, we're going to go through the other side. I don't mean physical fighting. Come on, I'm not come for the robe or the ring or the accolades of man or a pat on the back. Come on, we've come to bring the kingdom and there's a battle. There's a battle. Come on, there's a battle. You're going to win. You're going to win. We're going to win, but it's going to take some effort. We've already won by the cross, so you're really just enforcing what Jesus has already purchased. That is a proper perspective of spiritual warfare. I've had, I've had people say, Pastor, I'm so on fire, I could just swing out on a, corn, on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. And they call the devil out for a boxing match. That is the stupidest thing you could ever do. Don't ever do that. Devil! <laughs> You fight from the position of righteousness covered by the blood and, and you're, you're basically enforcing what was finished on the cross. That's what you're... I know that you know that you've been defeated, so hit the, hit the, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. Amen. You're enforcing what Jesus already did. And the other thing to mention is that as you're in battles, you know, some evil is, is more wicked than others. Now, this is sexual evil that took place here. Now, listen to me. Sexual evil is more difficult than other kinds of evil. You say, really? Yes. Yes, the Bible says that sexual sin is the sin that takes place on the inside of your body, the only one. Actually happens in the spirit. It's different than stealing a candy bar. It's different than cursing or getting angry or throwing a fit or smashing somebody. It's different. It happens on the inside of you. Hello. And this is a sexual sin that took place. And sexual sin is, is it's harder to break than other kinds of sin. Sure is quiet in this church. Lust is harder to break than other kinds of things. And it's because some evil is more powerful than others. 
How many of you ever saw The Lord of the Rings? Not that I'm endorsing it. Last time I made mention of The Lord of the Rings, I got emails telling me, how could you say anything about The Lord of the Rings? Anyway, J.R.R. Tolkien was a great man of God, and uh, Lord of the Rings is different than some uh, vampire movie. It's types and shadows, and, and uh, I'm not endorsing it. However, <laughs> the, you know that, if you saw it, there's this part where they go down into the mines of Morea, and uh, they're down there, and, and all these orcs are about to whoop up on them. And all of a sudden, and all the orcs like freak out. And they're all like, and they're looking around and they kind of panic. And all of a sudden they run like little cockroaches scrambling from the holes that they came out of. They were evil. I mean, or those orcs are nasty, ugly. They're evil. However, something more evil was coming. Bell Rock, demon of the deep, you know. There's, more, there's some things that are more evil than others, and some battles are harder to break than others. The whole kingdom of darkness operates on fear, and it's parasitical by nature. It's a parasite. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you ever had lice. I'll never have head lice again, glory to God. We lived in Hawaii for years, and uh, they just sometimes have an outbreak of lice there, you know. I mean, even at, at, at camps, you just have to look through it. Literally, every little children's camper that would come, they had a lice station. We'd look, they'd have people just look through. I mean, it's like, don't touch my kids here. Well, then you can't come to camp because we can't have an outbreak of lice. Lice cannot operate without a host. How many of you know what a pilot fish is? A pilot fish, they hang around sharks. They need each other. It's a symbiotic relationship. That is exactly the way the devil operates. When you give him a foothold, he's able to operate in your life. If you don't ever give him a foothold, he's not able to operate. Oh, he'll try. He'll totally try to get in there and, you know, slip you a mickey and mess you up. All right, how to, how to win when it's just dark and dank. I want you to pull up, put up, uh, do we have somebody on scripture back there? If we can, please. I want you to put up Judges chapter 20. Look in your Bibles or on the screen as it comes. Chapter 20, verse 18. Chapter 20, verse 18. So it says, Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of the Lord. And they said, Which of us should go up? to battle against the children of Benjamin. And the Lord said, Judah first. He always sends worship first, always prays first. They inquired of the Lord. It's a picture of prayer. If you don't have a prayer life, you will not win in the battles that are yet to come. If prayer for you is something that's really difficult and you just don't want to be a part of it, something's wrong. You, you, need, you need healing. You need some discipleship. There can be a place of enjoyable prayer. Can somebody say yes? Look at, verse, uh, look at verse 20 of the same chapter, Judges 20, 20. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, and the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against Gibeah, go 21. And the children of Benjamin came out against Gibeah and cut them down huh, to the ground. 22,000 men of the Israelites. The good guy gets creamed, 22,000. Go to the next verse. Then the children of Israel, pardon me, and the people, that is the men of Israel, encouraged themselves again 
and formed the battle line at the place where they had placed themselves in, in array on the first day. Go 23. Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening. It's a picture of ongoing prayer. You will see throughout the, the victory, eventually win, but they're constantly going to the house of the Lord. They're constantly encouraging themselves. They're constantly, they're constantly praying. They also fast. Sometimes you have to fast and pray. I remember talking to somebody as part of the body of Christ, never heard a message. Here in the, here in the valley, been in church 20-something years. They never, and constantly, every Sunday, going to church, they never heard a message on fasting. Hey, fasting is something that you have to have in your life. It is one of the pillars of your discipline and your walk with God. And if you've never fasted, then you need to set a time where you should fast. One day a week is a good thing to put your flesh down. Three days a month, maybe. Like, like we've said before, if you're on meds and different things like that, you don't want to die early, so talk to your doctor. Go to heaven fast. You know, I'm all for positive confession and declaration and standing in faith, but I'm just, I'm, you know, hashtag fasting. It releases power. It releases the power of God. It folds down your humanity. It brings, your, it brings you before the burning bush of God's presence. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, maybe you should fast. I've had somebody say, well, pastor, I've never been filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. How do I do that? You get, well, you know, sometimes you've got to get hungry. You've got to get hungry for God when He becomes bigger than the food that you're eating. Fasting and, fasting and prayer is never a popular, popular message, but they fasted and they worshipped. They encouraged one another. It's just said that in the verse that we read. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, encourage one another daily. See if, you, see if you, none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns away from the Lord. So what should we do? Should we, we should encourage each other. What do you do when you're facing evil, when you're facing a battle that just doesn't, doesn't you're just having a hard time winning? You pray, you fast, you worship, Amen? You encourage yourself. You persevere. Persevere. That's like a curse word for many in this new generation. If it doesn't just happen, you put your quarter in and bam. You know, then, I mean, everything's so easy. At the touch of our smartphone, we can buy stuff. I mean, I was in the car the other day. And this song came on the Christian radio that, I like it. It was good. Hannah grabs my phone, hits Shazam. We find out what, how many of you know what Shazam is? We immediately find out what album it is. I tap it. I go to iTunes. It's on my phone in less than, you know, in less than 30 seconds, basically. Consequently, I was listening to that while mowing my lawn very early in the morning on Monday. And I think it's probably good that I have some thick woods between me and my neighbor. Because I ended up doing some funky grass-cutting worship dance thing. <laughs> but it's amazing how we can just bam, 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 bam. We can get right there, and some of you are faster than others. God wants to give us victory, but there's, there's battles now. Now, let me move to this next section here. 
Let me say, first of all, that you can live holy. So how do you know that? Because I'm doing it. Oh, I'm still growing in God, of course. I'm not trying to blow my horn. There's lots of people that live holy. Anybody else live holy here? Hey, you're you're in church. No lying. Not that you should lie outside of church. Raise your hand if you're living holy. All right, and so that, that means, like, anybody get convicted recently? All the holy people should raise your hand because God will put his finger on stuff and then you repent. That's what keeps you holy. Hello. I mean, holiness comes from the blood of Jesus, right? Okay, I know what it is to be defiled. I know what it is to be in bondage. I know what it is to, to be totally tormented. I know what that is. I know what it is to have peace and to walk with Jesus in the cool of the day. He talks with me, ministers to me. Now, you can live holy. Noah, Noah. Don't see the movie. The movie's stupid. Noah was a man of righteousness, and he, was, and he lived holy before God. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit. You and I have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You can live holy. Now, mind you, I had to, I had to put myself in some serious structure in order to do it at first. Actually, not at first. Even now, I've got structure. I've got things. I don't cross that line. Why would I do that? Fools go, let me say idiots, it's the Bracken version. Idiots go where angels fear to tread. Did you catch that? It's a scripture. Fools go where angels fear to tread. Just because you have Jesus on the inside and you're anointed and the Holy Spirit's with you, that doesn't mean you can just run roughshod anywhere you go. I had this thing open to Virginia, and I just said, no, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about that, and I've got to pray through on that. You know, we don't just fly off places. We're going to pray. We prayed. I had 95% peace. 95% is not 100. Still no good. Then I moved to like 98, then 99. Had 1%. Still was hanging fire. No good. 99 is no good. I'm, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I could jeopardize myself or get in trouble. Listen, you can live holy. You can live in the will of God. Everybody say, I can live holy. You can. You can. He said, it's so hard. It's so hard, Pastor. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. That means whatever hard thing you're going through, other people have gone through it and passed the test. We can influence our community. You are influencing people. Every single person here is influencing somebody. Your family. Come on, I got influenced by somebody on the road today. You can influence people when you're at a coffee shop. You can influence people when you're at work. You can influence people when you're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, use, the me- use social media to influence people for righteousness. For God's sake, don't air your dirty laundry and be an immature fool. Don't do it. Cause drama. And... Everybody say, I'm going to influence for God. I remember a number of many years ago, I was a, uh, and then turn to Hebrews 11. And we'll wrap this up. Many years ago, I, I was a tour guide. And all the uh, guides on this particular tour, they would get to the top of a volcano, 10,023 feet, and they would ride bicycles down the mountain, touring 13 riders behind them. 
And nearly all of the guides would get stoned out of their minds. Smoking the Maui Waui, get totally lit, put their visine in, and jump on a bike and lead people down a volcano. Now, what's wrong with that picture? When I discovered that as a Christian man, I thought, that's not good. And uh, the guy that was with me was, was stoned driving the van, and he bumped the person, the last person on the bike. He hit him with the van. You know, just tapped it, just kissed the tire, and the person fell over. He's like, dude, sorry. And I said, man, are you, are you stoned? He said, oh, no. What? And I discovered all this pot smoking going on. So I just told everybody on my company, uh, as I went up, I said, I just want to let you know, uh, guys. And they all hated me anyway, I, so I didn't really care. Uh, they called me Father Bracken, the Bible thumper. Of course, when nobody knew, though, they would wait in their cars till everybody was gone, and I'm walking out to my car, and they'd They'd look around and go, hey, hey, Bracken, I, I, I really got some problems, man. <laughs> can, you, can you pray for me? Because I just, yeah. Hey, who are you coming to when you need help? Every one of them, nearly every one. I'd pray for them. I led so many people to Jesus. Anyway, I told the whole, the whole company, I told them, just want to let you guys know that if you smoke dope and you're on my tour and I discover that you're smoking pot, I will make a personal arrest. I was benching about 400 back then, squatting about 550. I was a real big boy. And I said, and furthermore, we're in, a, in, a, in the national park. So it will not just be a little Maui police thing. It'll be a federal crime, and you will go to jail. And, I, and you know I could hold you down and keep you there, and I will do it. Just letting you know. So heads up. Smoke on my tour. I'm arresting you. And they're all like, you know, they said all kinds of stuff. So I thought that was good enough. And so then the, as I went a few weeks later, the Lord spoke to me and said out of Ecclesiastes, evil prospers when good men do nothing. And I thought, well, I've already done something. I don't want to do anymore. They said, well, it's an epidemic, son. And we had somebody that did really were, had some bad accidents. And if you have an accident on a volcano, on a bike, it's not good. People's faces are irreparably damaged, all kinds of stuff. So he had me find out basically where there were all the companies would smoke dope together. And so he had me basically walk as I prayed in tongues to find the spot. I found the spot and he made me really at the demand of the Lord, made me tell all of them. You're committing a federal crime. If I catch you again... I'm calling the cops, and you all go to jail. I got persecuted for that. I had my bike tire loosened up so that the tire came off, and I think I broke my neck, actually. Went to a Holy Ghost service on a Wednesday night, and God healed me, miraculously healed me. Listen, you've got to stand for righteousness. If you don't stand for righteousness, then what are you standing for? You know, you're starting to see all the political signs. Hey, vote. Get out and vote. Do so. We've got to turn our nation around. Now, here we go. Hebrews. Watch this. This is cool. 
Oh, this is so good right here. Hebrews 11. Now faith is, here's the definition of faith. Everybody say the definition of faith. Is Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Stop. Who has an NIV here? Let me see that. Mike, just drop it right there. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Universe was formed. Worlds were formed. Does anybody have another version, different version? It says something a little bit different. Anybody? What's it say? Yeah, shout it out, Eric. What's it say? What's your, what's your, nice and loud. What's it say? By faith, we understand that the... That the universe was created... So here's what this is saying. We are confident and we are sure, sure, solid, we have faith, and we know that God created the earth, the universe, the worlds. Let's talk about that word worlds for a second. In the Greek, it's aeons. It's not just the earth. And really, it's not just the earth and all the planets. And it's not just the earth, all the planets, and space, and all the stars. It is everything. So by faith, we understand that the worlds, the aeons, were framed. We're going to talk about framed in a second. Aeons were framed, worlds. It's a picture, or the, the word actually means times, seasons, all of creation, all of time itself. Everything was created by the word of God. Everything. Everything. Times and seasons. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. It was all created by him. Right? Do you get it? All right. All the years he spoke and created it. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and Omega. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Now watch this. We're framed. Framed. The word framed in the Greek is kartotizo. I want you to look at your hand. Paul, writing to the, 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 the church in Ephesus, talks about the body being fitly joined together. Of course, he's talking about the body of Christ. But if you look at your hand, it's a picture of the body of Christ also. Five-fold ministry, so on and so forth. But your joints, I mean, it is amazing. The hand is amazing. It is miraculous. There's nothing in all of creation that has something like this. Nothing. Your hand. The word kartotizo in, uh, in, the, in the epistle to the church in Ephesus talks about the body being framed. So now this is what this is saying. By faith we understand. Stay with me. Don't get lost. Youth, pay attention for a second. I'm almost done. Everybody concentrating? Wake up your neighbor. I'm bringing it in for a landing. And I've got to run right out the door and catch a plane. By faith, we understand that the worlds, the universe, the, all of creation, times, 
Winter, spring, summer, all of it, all of it, all of it's put. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? It's not for you to know the times and seasons because God's created all of it. And, and, and now here's the next thing. He's not only created it all, he's put it all together perfectly. All of it is framed. It's cartotizo. So all the times, all the seasons, all of creation, everything is working together for the glory of God. And there might be de devil power, demon power. You know, the enemy's trying to take as many people with him. He's trying to hurt God and do whatever he can. But, but ultimately, he loses, for in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the glory of God. Jesus is Lord. Amen. By faith we understand that the worlds, the times, the seasons, everything's put together perfectly. Every infinitesimal detail, every detail is put together by God. Exactly like your hand is put together just perfectly. Somebody say, whoa. Now watch this. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the prayers of the saints as incense before the throne and how the angel takes the bowl of the prayers of the saints as incense. Here's what you need to know. And I don't have time to fully develop it, so go study it after I'm finished preaching it to you. Prayer is eternal. Say it. Prayer is eternal. How many of you had a mom and dad that prayed? How many of you had grandparents that prayed? How many of you have great-grandparents that prayed that you know of, maybe? Okay, how about great-great-grandparents? Great. Mike, you ready for that? You ready? Go ahead and throw that up. How many of you know what that is? It's not a tree. It's a flag. How many of you know what flag it is? It is a flag that was put together by... Uh, some men from Massachusetts, and it was a flag that Washington, George Washington, carried. And it was said of the army, the revolutionary, in the Revolutionary War, that you could follow where the army was because it was a trail of blood in the snow because they had no shoes. This is what George Washington carried, an appeal to heaven. See, they saw themselves as they were create, as they were forging forward. They, they, didn't, they weren't just fighting for their little farm. They were fighting for an idea that God gave. They were fighting for a nation that was one nation under God. Don't listen to what all the liberal media says. That is the foundation of our country. Now, here's what I believe is happening. As it says in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, I don't know what chapter it is. Sorry. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. That's, that's what I call Godomatics. It's a synergy. A synergy comes together. One person praying, they put together a thousand, but somebody else comes and they put 10,000. In, in Canada, there was a horse pull, one horse pull. How many of you know what that is? They pull weight, competition, how, how heavy uh, one horse can pull. One pulled 8,000 pounds, another pulled seven. Together would be 15, wouldn't it? 21. Here's what the Lord is doing, and I feel he spoke, he's, that he's spoken to me and, and to others across the nation, that there, we are coming to what I believe to be a synergy 
of the, of the ages, a synergy of the aeons. A syner- it's, uh, the, uh, the time is coming together and we're going to see one of the greatest outpourings we have ever seen before. So how do we, what do we do about that? There's great evil. What do we need to do? We need to partner with and join our faith with even prayers from George Washington, if you will. Not that he was a perfect man. He was a mason and different things like that, I believe. There's, you know, but there's prayers that have been prayed, even in your family. Look, if you're, I believe that if you're here, somebody prayed for you at some point, somewhere. And when you join your faith with the faith of those who have gone before you because prayer is eternal, it brings breakthrough far beyond anything you could know. And I want you to know that God is looking for us in this next season to partner in prayer with fasting and believing as we encourage one another to come against evil and to influence our community to see our youth set on fire. You're going to have a revival. You're going to have one. But it really just, it just takes one or two that say, man, I, I'm going to serve God with all my heart. And then what can happen? Oh, you'll take shots like I did. Tire off my bike. You'll get persecuted. Sure you will. And then what happens is when you get a critical mass, then serving Jesus becomes the cool thing. And all that other, all that other demonic stuff gets pushed out and you have a revival. Now that will not happen without prayer and fasting. I'm going, to teach your, I'm going to teach your youth to pray, the Lord told me. I'm going to teach them to pray and fast for your friends. You're going to see breakthrough. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get thirsty. Can you say amen? Did you get something tonight? Come on, stand up on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on. Lift your hands to the Lord and and just call on him. Father God, we pray. Pastor Karen, just come up here. We need to run right out the door in the next 60 seconds. Come here, sweetheart. Pastor Vince, come and pray for us. I'm on a mission to Jamestown and Williamsburg. We'll be right back. Pastor Vince, pray. Congregation, reach your hands towards us. You pray for us for the next few days. Amen. Father, you've anointed, raised up, and empowered, Lord, our pastors for such a time as this, God. As they go, God, they not go alone, Father, but they take the synergy of our prayers with them, Lord. And we will watch over them and keep them in prayer, God. And as we do, Lord, Release your power through them, Lord. Release the kingdom of God through them, Lord. Use them together, Lord. Anoint them as a team, Lord, as a unit, Father, to go out and destroy the works of the devil. Proclaim God's kingdom come and his will be done, Lord, in Virginia, in the country of these United States of America. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, just pray on the Holy Ghost a few moments longer. Lord, come upon our youth. Lord, come upon them, I pray. Lord, touch them. Touch them, Jesus. I want every one of the youth to come up here. Pastor Alex, take the service. I want them all prayed for. Come on, come, come, come. All the youth line right up, all up front. If you have a kid up in this group, then come behind him. I want my prayer teams to come. Come on. One line all the way across the front. Come on, come up here. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, adults, stretch your hands out to these youth. 
Minister Vicky, take that microphone. You're going to pray for all these. Come on, young people, lift your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. We're believing for a breakthrough, we're believing for a change. Come on, believe in faith for yourself, for your friends, for your family. Come on, adults, just begin to intercede for these young people right now. Minister Vicki, lead us. Go ahead. Lord, we thank you for this generation, God. We thank you that, Lord, you are going to bring revival to this generation. Lord, we pray right now that you will put into their belly a hunger and a desire, God, to see revival in their schools, to see revival in their households, God. Lord, I pray that will come upon them a fire and a burning, Lord, to serve you, God, to serve you for all of their days. God, that you'd put upon them a desire to fast, a desire to pray, a desire to intercede, God, not only for their generation, but the generation to follow, God. Lord, I pray that you would come upon this youth ministry, God, in a new dimension, at a new level, God, that you will elevate these young people, God, name and everybody said amen come on take hands with somebody tonight yeah give a hand give a hand clap to the Lord tonight hallelujah hallelujah take hands with somebody tonight come on we're gonna pray for each other wow what a great word did you get something from the Lord tonight hallelujah amen 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 come on pray for your neighbor tonight pray that the Lord would use them this week father we thank you tonight God for all that you've done we thank you, Lord, for the word that was spoken, God. And as we are enlightened, God, we walk out of this place not just being hearers, but doers of your word. And we thank you tonight for your sweet spirit. God, mark us tonight. We thank you, Lord. We ask, God, that you would use us as we go this week to be light in the darkness. God, that we would be truth even in the midst of lies. And we thank you, God, for your empowerment. Oh, help us to overcome. Lord, for nothing has overcome us. Oh, Jesus, we have you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Use us this week as we go. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you this Sunday. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. 
Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.